Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who might be eating some blazing wings pretty soon, Brandon Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing well. Here's the thing, Trevor. I've gotten more into the heat realm of uh, spiciness, spicy foods, hot sauces, and I've liked them. You know, I, I've enjoyed the spice. Um, I, I really enjoy hot barbecue sauce. That's like my favorite right now. Uh, absolute favorite sauce. Um, I've tried many different hot barbecues, and I, I like them all. Uh, and the spicy barbecues are great too. I guess they. And I, I guess those are technically different. Is that true, Trevor? Spicy and hot are those considered different at the front of a uh, sauce? I mean, I don't really. Just it's just a different word, you know. Obviously, every every fine establishment of wings has a different term that right. they have, different ways they make make the wings. But right. generally speaking, they're probably pretty similar. And of course, as always, the third member of our podcast is here today, Mr. Ben O'Brien. Ben, how was your week? It was it was good. I, I can't complain. Um, but Brandon, it's like I don't even know you anymore, dude. Like I know I haven't lived with you in a couple of years, and now you're eating vegetables and you're eating hot stuff. Like, come on, man, what are you doing? I I, I don't know. It's like you're you're changing. And I don't know if I like it. I liked I liked the Brandon that used to go to to wing places and get barbecue, and then I would yell at you and call you a wimp. I don't like. This <laughs> hey, I still do that. I love my barbecue wings, but now I like to add a little kick to it. You know, you know, Benny. Um, but we have a, a great episode planned for today. Let's start it right off. Um, and get into some college basketball. Um, Trevor, how, how was this week in college basketball? It seems like we definitely got some upsets. We saw Kansas lose. We saw Duke lose. Uh, why don't you talk about some stuff? Yeah, it was a pretty good week. We definitely got a few upsets. Uh, Duke lost yesterday. Kansas lost yesterday uh, to Texas Tech. So definitely got a few upsets. The biggest thing that I wanted to talk about this week is is a couple players, really, that have been big surprises and they're both kind of have emerged as National Player of the Year contenders here. The first one being uh, Johnny Davis, guard from Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin has been on a little bit of a run lately. They are ranked. They just beat Purdue earlier this week, and then they beat Iowa later in the week. And Johnny Davis, um, he, I believe, is the second leading scorer in the country, averaging around 23 points per game uh, in the game against um, Purdue, he had 37 points and 14 rebounds. Uh, you know, kind of a, a good matchup there with Jaden Ivey, the Purdue guard, who is supposed to be, you know, top five, top six pick in the NBA draft. And Johnny Davis is someone who, you know, obviously, like, so Jaden Ivey, basically, he's a super athletic guard. He was a pretty high prospect, um, you know, coming out of high school. You know, he was expected to be good, and he's expected to be, you know, top five pick. Johnny Davis, I believe he was a three-star recruit. Um, stayed in state, went to Wisconsin. You know, you don't often see the top recruits from the state of Wisconsin go to Wisconsin. Oftentimes, you see them go elsewhere. Like, for instance, like Tyler Hero, you know, from Wisconsin, went to Kentucky. You know, but Johnny Davis is one of these guys who, he was a three-star, you know, he wasn't highly sought after. So he stayed in state, went to Wisconsin, and now he's a sophomore and he is just playing out of his mind. I mean, he, like I said, 23 points per game, second leading score in the country, one of the favorites for National Player of the Year, um, and he kind of outplayed Jaden Ivey in that matchup. And now uh, Johnny Davis is a guy who actually is getting a lot of you know attention by NBA scouts and prospects. I mean, I looked at, uh, I think, a mock draft the other day from Sam Vecini from The Athletic, um, and I think he had Johnny Davis in his top five. I think he had him fifth which was pretty insane uh, that Johnny Davis is now kind of, you know, climbing uh, the ranks here. He's a player that I didn't know a lot about last year because I think he only averaged like seven points a game, was coming off the bench, 
and now he's had this huge kind of uh, uh, you know just scoring explosion in the last, especially in Big Ten play. He's been really good. And then the other player that I wanted to mention, also from the Big Ten, a player who I did know more about because I was a huge fan of his last year, and that's Keegan Murray from Iowa. Um, he is the scoring leader in the country. He's averaging, I think, a little bit over 24 points per game uh, for Iowa. Last year, he was also, you know, averaging around, you know, seven, eight points per game, which is crazy that, you know, these two guys who were both freshmen last year only averaging seven points per game, I think both of them came off the bench for Wisconsin and Iowa, respectively, are now the two top leading scorers in the entire country and are both, you know, in the mix for the National Player of the Year uh, race. So it's really interesting here. The Big Ten has a lot of good players. And, I mean, again, we always, like, you know, kind of talk about and think about, like, who's the best conference in college basketball. The ACC seems to have fallen off. The Big 12 is usually really good. Uh, but I, I kind of still think the Big Ten is the best conference in college basketball. I believe it was last year. And I think it probably is again this year. Like, the SEC is definitely making a run at it and the Big 12 is always in the mix. But I still think that the Big 10 has a slight edge. So, uh, uh, Brennan, what do you think about hearing about this? You know, two two surprising players that have made such a leap in the Big 10. In the Big 10, a country, uh, a conference that not necessarily known for having, you know, these superstars, I, I would say, uh, like it is this year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to hear, especially as a fan of a team in the Big 10, uh, though my team's not doing so well. Um, and that's all right. But it's great to hear, you know, some parody in college basketball. I, I, you know, we don't need 10 ACC teams being amazing every single year. It's nice to see some other conferences have, you know, really great players being produced from their teams. Um, so, you know, I think it's better for college basketball. Uh, as a collective, I, I think people will enjoy college basketball more as more teams uh, are starting to have these star power players. And it's not just Duke and North Carolina dominating with, you know, the, the top five players amongst the two teams. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the next storyline that I kind of want to go to is we now only have two undefeated teams left um, in college basketball. Colorado State, who is ranked 20th, lost yesterday to San Diego State. They actually got destroyed, I think, by about 30 points. San Diego State is a good team. They were playing at home, but still, uh, Colorado State, you know, as one of these popular mid-major teams this year, not not a showing you would like to see uh, if you're a Colorado State fan, you know, at all. So now the two undefeated teams that remain, of course, Baylor, who is ranked number one, um, and USC. USC. I don't think many people would have expected that USC uh, would still be undefeated at this point, but they are. Um, I think they are 13-0 and currently, so USC really on a run here. Um, just looking up, you know, kind of at their upcoming schedule um, with Baylor, uh, they play Texas Tech at home coming up, I think, in a couple of days here. That's going to be a pretty tough matchup. Uh, they go at West Virginia. They play Oklahoma State at home. Um, they play Alabama uh, on the road late January. So, you know, some tough games here for Baylor. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how far they can go. Looking at USC's schedule, um, there have been a few games that were postponed. Uh, like they had a game against Arizona that got postponed. I think, um, or it looks like they just haven't had UCLA on their schedule yet. Um, so here upcoming, it looks like in February they will play Arizona and UCLA both as those are the two other really good teams in the Pac-12. So it looks like USC hasn't had the toughest schedule, but nevertheless, pretty impressive, I think, to still be undefeated at this point. Um, last thing is really just you know a couple games 
um, from this past week that I wanted to mention. Uh, LSU beat Kentucky, I think, earlier this week, 65-60. Pretty, you know, a little low scoring there. Neither team really shot well in that game. We had Iowa State beating Texas Tech, 51-47. You know, a lot of good teams, again, in the Big 12. Like, they're, they're fighting for that top spot in the conference. I may think it's the Big 10 right now, but the Big 12 is not far behind. Uh, Ohio State uh, lost to Indiana. There was an upset there. One of the many uh, that we saw, I already mentioned Duke beating Miami. I already mentioned Texas Tech beating Kansas. Um, and, and so there was definitely some interesting games this week. Uh, this upcoming week, the games that I am most looking forward to, I would, I'm going to start with Auburn versus Alabama on Tuesday. Really great matchup in the SEC. Uh, Auburn, I think right now, is the best team in the SEC, but maybe Alabama could could get a big win here um, with their recent stretch of, you know, pretty inconsistent play, I would say, for, for Nate Oates' squad. You have Kansas and Iowa State also playing on Tuesday. Another good uh, – that's a good Big 12 matchup right there. And then on Saturday, Tennessee and Kentucky play. So another really good SEC matchup. Again, these SEC matchups, a lot of them are really good. You know, SEC basketball, really fun this year. Yeah, it's it's really a great time for college basketball. A lot of exciting things coming up here, especially as we see football, college football specifically starting to end. Um, but let's move on. And Ben, I'm gonna start with you. We got the college football national championship uh, tomorrow on Monday, uh, January 10th. Uh, so Georgia and Alabama. Tell me a little bit about the game, Ben. Who do you got in this game? So this is an interesting one, Brandon, and like. I I I'm I'm at a loss for words, and here's why. Because I'm so confused about Georgia, and here's why. Um, if you would ask me like a month and a half ago, two months ago, I would have been like, Georgia's winning the national championship. They're the best team in college football. But what happened is we were so high on Georgia, and then they lose that game to Alabama in the SEC championship game, and all of a sudden it's like people forgot that they were good. Because I, I mean, I was I sat right here on this podcast before the the play the semifinal game Georgia Michigan, and I said it's a coin toss. I don't know who's better. Um, and Georgia was clearly better than, than Michigan. I don't have to tell you, Brandon. You know that, okay? Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden it's like we got really low on Georgia for a while. We thought maybe they could lose to Michigan. Now they, they blow up Michigan, and now people are so high on them again that, that they're a favorite in this game against Alabama. I just don't know what to think. And, like, the easy thing to do is to say Alabama's the more consistent team. They're the better team. It's Nick Saban. Um, but what we've seen from Georgia is their high is the best team in college football. But when they're not playing well – they're not as good as Alabama. We already, we literally already saw that on the field a month ago. Um, so it's tough. It, I really think it's going to come down to, and I said the same exact thing um, the last game Alabama played against Cincinnati. You know Alabama's going to be ready to play. Nick Saban, I mean, that's like what he's known for, right? He His teams come to play when they need to play. So Alabama's going to play their best game of the year. I think that's safe to you know, it's, that's fair to assume that. So what it comes down to is, are we going to get a Georgia team that we've seen for the most of the regular season that their defense is dominating, giving up six points a game or whatever it was, um, and an offense that has enough weapons to win with that defense? Or are we going to get the Georgia team that that showed up to the SEC championship game that looked like they had bigger things to worry about than the SEC championship game? Um, so it's interesting, and I think if I have to make a prediction, I'm, I'm going to pick the Alabama team. I'm going to go with Nick Saban. That's just the easier thing to do. It's the more, it's the safer bet to say that Nick Saban's going to have his team ready. Bryce Young's the Heisman Trophy winner. They got weapons all around that offense. They got weapons all around that defense. And yeah, so does Georgia. Um, but from what I've seen the last month and a half of this season, Alabama's the more consistent team, um, and they have a coach that's been there a billion times that knows what they're doing. And for whatever reason, 
Georgia can't get past that hump that is Alabama. Kirby Smart has a, some, his kryptonite is Nick Saban, and I don't know if that's going to change on Monday. So if I had to pick, I'm going to pick Alabama, but I do think this whole Georgia narrative this last these last couple months has been very interesting because people have been very high on them, then very low on them, and now it seems like people are starting to become very high on Georgia again. Um, I'm hoping that it's a really close game, and I think it'll be a really close game. Um, and I, I again, I have no idea who's going to win, but if I had to put money on it, I'd probably go with Alabama winning by, we'll say, 10 points. This is so weird. I, I can't believe Alabama's not the favorite in this game. I mean, they demolished Georgia not that long ago. I mean, it was in the month of December. It was about a month ago. Uh, 41-24, and the game wasn't even that close. Now, I know Georgia looks so good. Uh, against everyone, it seems like. So, yeah, I mean, I'm in no way saying Georgia. But except for Alabama, that's why it's interesting. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, it's just crazy to me that this is this is how it looks like. So, uh, I mean, I'm also going to take Alabama. I'll take Alabama by six. Uh, I, I'm i I'm just surprised that the, the spread is plus two and a half uh, to, you know, Alabama's plus two and a half. It's very, very surprising to me. Trevor, do you share these same, you know, interests as we do? Yeah. The fact that you guys are both picking Alabama makes me want to pick Georgia just to be different. Do it, Trevor. But, I, but I came on this podcast. I mean, most people think, I guess, <laughs> that Georgia's going to win, so I won't be that they crazy. They do. They do, and I, I've been reading a lot about that. I've been, you know, looking at the reasoning. And obviously, you know, you don't think Georgia's defense is going to play as bad as it did in the SEC championship game, right? But I came on this podcast prepared to pick Alabama to win. I don't, I don't want to change that just for the sake of uh, being different. So I also have Alabama winning, but I think it's going to be very close um, because, I mean, because of what I just said, number one, like Georgia's defense can't play as bad as they did. Um, they gave Bryce Young a lot of time to throw. I don't think they sacked him once in the game, um, and he also had a lot of time to kind of get out of the pocket and run. I mean, there were I, – I would just remember so many instances, I think in that first half, where Bryce Young got out of the pocket – and there was, like, no one spying Bryce Young or whatever the case may be. And then he would, like, go and run for 10 yards or 12 yards, pick up the first down here or there, just extending drives when it seemed like maybe Georgia can stop him for a field goal here or whatever the case. Like, he would extend drives. So I think Georgia's going to have a better game plan. But at the end of the day, I think in a close game, when you're relying on quarterbacks, because at really any level, pro, college, whatever, like, uh, you know, if you're in a close game and you need a, a quarterback to go and, and win you a game, put together a great drive, I just have more faith in Bryce Young than I do in Stetson Bennett, obviously. Now, he played pretty pretty well against Michigan. Like, we were talking about that. He played really well against Michigan. That was impressive. But I, I don't know. I just I think Bryce Young's really good, obviously, like, like everyone does. He won the Heisman. And I have more trust and faith in him and, and Nick Saban. And I think the fact that they're the underdogs – you know, maybe that's a, you know, you can argue a little added level of motivation. Like, like we beat them once, we're still the underdog, let's go beat them again. Um, and other people will be like, well, no, it's hard to beat a good team twice. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think Alabama is the more trustworthy team overall, and I, I think they're going to win. But very, very close game, I think. You know score prediction? Um, I don't know. I think they'll beat them by maybe like four points. Like I could see a situation where they're down a field goal and Bryce Young, you know, leads the game winning drive, you know, mid mid fourth quarter. And then maybe Georgia's Mm -hmm. not able to score again. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we'll we'll have to to wait and see for tomorrow. Um, But let's move on here uh, to a little bit of NBA. We got two very high level players back well one has already played he's back and the other is coming back tonight Trevor so talk to us a little bit about uh the NBA over this past week 
Yeah, so first I'm going to start off with uh, uh, Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie obviously is returned only in road games, of course. He will not be playing at the Barclays Center for the foreseeable future. Who knows when that, that rule will change, of course. Just to remind you, you know, if you're a listener and you don't remember, uh, the state of New York has a rule basically where you have to be vaccinated to play, you know, for players to play at the Barclays Center. So this applies to the teams that play in New York, right? This doesn't apply to... Uh, teams that come from wherever, like Washington or you know Florida, and they're and they're coming into play. Like it's those players, so Kyrie can't play at the Barclays Center right now. Um, but he did come back, had a decent return. He had 22 points in the game on Wednesday against the Pacers in his first game back. Uh, they got the win there, and I mean, you know, I think Kyrie's the type of player where I don't think he needs a ton of time to get back to like playing like like normal like he's just gonna jump right in and he's gonna for the most part be Kyrie Irving he's gonna be able to score the ball at will you know he, he's just creates so many issues for defense for, for opposing defenses and they I mean they do need him it, it really seems like he's gonna be very important especially when you look at the fact that you know Kevin Durant has, he's been playing such heavy minutes you know James Harden has been having to carry a lot of the load too and the depth with Brooklyn still isn't that great. It really wasn't that great last year. It's not very great this year. You, you know, you have Patty Mills, but Patty Mills that you kind of like rely on these hot shooting stretches, which it's not always going to be the case. He's not always going to be on fire from three. Um, Blake Griffin's not playing as well this year as he was last year, so that hurts Brooklyn. So Kyrie is really important for this team, and you know you saw it because two days later on Friday they played uh, Milwaukee, and Milwaukee beat them pretty bad. Obviously, that was in Barclays. Kyrie was not playing, and the Bucks handled them. And that's kind of the you know that, that's kind of like an Eastern Conference Finals preview. Like those are the two best teams in the East, I still believe. Um, so it's it's definitely interesting to see that, and. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. Maybe they could change the rule eventually. We don't know. Maybe Kyrie decides to get vaccinated. Who really knows as far as that's concerned? But mm-hmm. I think it's become clear that they do need Kyrie if they want to win a championship. Um, I think that's become pretty clear there. Uh, let's move to the next return, and that is Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is returning tonight, Sunday night, against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I am mm-hmm. super excited. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, the, the game probably already over. You can probably look at the box score and see how he did. Uh, but you know, Clay returning to the Warriors, who already you know may be the best team in basketball right now, and to add him to the mix where you have a lot of these younger players who have kind of developed now, like Jordan Poole being one who was kind of like in a sense, his replacement has been playing really well. Obviously, Steph's having this pretty incredible season um, for the most part. You know, and adding Clay, that's going to be really interesting. Now, with this this injury, right? It's it's interesting because a lot of a lot of players have trouble, you know, coming back from an, from such a massive injury like this. Um, with you know, kind of with the I, I believe the ACL injury for Clay. Um, and I, I, I think offensively, I don't know if it's really going to affect him a ton. Like, I expect the shooting still to be really good. I expect Clay Thompson, for the most part, to be what he was. I think defensively is more of the question. Can he, you know, you know move laterally as, as quickly when he's guarding the opposing team's best player like he used to? You know, 2016-2017, when the Warriors were on their runs, like, often Clay Thompson is always guarding the best player on their team. Like, he's guarding Damian Lillard. He's guarding, you know, um, I, I don't even know who else, Kyrie Irving or whoever it is. Like, he's guarding those guys. So can Klay Thompson still do that? Or 
is that going to be a role that's going to go to maybe Andrew Wiggins or, or someone else? Like, so I think that's going to be interesting to see. Um, and I'm, I, I can't wait for uh, that game tonight, to be honest with you. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be a really, really great game. Uh, Trevor, anything else you want to add in terms of the NBA before we move on to trivia? Yep, uh, small baller player of the week. This week I am giving it to Malik Monk. Um, Malik Monk Lakers has been on a, a tear shooting the ball. Um, he's shot over 40% in each of his last seven games. That's pretty incredible. Um, and the Lakers are, you know, on a, a little bit of a hot streak here. It's They're not playing the greatest competition. You know, it's a little bit of an easier stretch as far as the schedule goes. But nevertheless, they are winning a lot of these games lately. Um, and Malik Monk has been a pretty big reason why. He's been shooting very well um, against the Hawks. He was on fire. Uh, I think he made mm-hmm. set six or seven threes. Um, or, or maybe not six or seven, at least like mm-hmm. four or five threes. So Malik Monk's been playing really well lately for the Lakers. And that's kind of what I expected. Like in the summer, that was my favorite signing that they made was Malik Monk. Just because I thought like, you know, he could kind of come in and, it, you know, almost like in the way that J.R. Smith did back in with, you know, like 2015, 2016 with the Cavs. He could kind of come in, fit that role. I think he'd be a very good fit with LeBron. And we're, we're starting to see it. It's starting to develop a little bit more. Obviously, the Lakers still have, you know, uh, a decent amount of issues, but that's a good sign, I think, for them. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, Malik Monk, hopefully he can keep it up. Uh, let's move forward to small talk trivia, of course. Um, and here's the order today. I actually just had to randomize it because I forgot to do it earlier. I will be asking Ben. Ben, you will be asking Trevor. Trevor, you will be asking me a question. So I am up first today. Um, and I, I, Ben, I'm be honest. My question's a little bit difficult. It's going to be one of those things you either know it or you don't. Okay? All right, let's do it. So um, the most touchdowns thrown in a single game is seven touchdowns. Who is yeah. the current player? There, there's a lot of players. I think there's seven guys that have done it. Who is the yeah. only current player? That has thrown seven touchdowns in a game. How about we change the question? You just asked me uh, to name one of those players because I could tell you Peyton Manning did it. I know that's first. Peyton Manning did do it, but he is not the current player. And do you know what so team gotta be he a... did it against, Ben? Yeah, on the it was first game of the year. Uh, it was uh, Broncos versus the Ravens in Denver. Yeah. I remember. It was. I think, I think that's it was the Thursday highest game. I think that's the highest yeah. uh, fantasy football fantasy. score yeah. ever. Was that game against the Ravens? Yeah, I think it was too. I remember. Um, I, I remember. I remember. Uh, makes sense. Mediocre franchise he did it against, so I get it. But yeah. you know, I'll, anyway. I'll give you both a clue. The same year that he did that is when this current player did it. Okay, so it's somebody that's been in the league for six, seven years. Um, so it's they are s- still in the league. Uh, you want to give me another hint? Are they on the same team that they were on when they did it seven <laughs> years ago or whatever? Uh, I'm not giving you that hint. Okay. <laughs> okay, so they're so they're clearly they you know they're an question. established quarterback. Obviously, I ha- I have some some guesses right away. Um, I mean, Drew Brees is the first one that comes to mind. But honestly, I feel like I'd remember if he threw seven touchdowns. Cur- seven touchdowns player. in a game is insane. He's seven Drew touchdowns. Drew in a Brees game isn't is... a current player. Oh, you're right. Good point. Okay, my bad. Which I want to just... point out, Drew Brees has thrown seven touchdowns in a game. Oh, okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. So I was I was wrong on both aspects there. Um, Thanks for helping me out. I totally forgot Drew Brees is not a current player anymore. Um, man. All right. So, obviously, I mean, like, Rodgers, has he done it? I don't know. Um, who else are we talking? Honestly, this question's harder than I thought it would be. I thought it would, I didn't think it would be that hard. It's one of those where if you know it, you'll get yeah. it. Yeah. If you like, know it, you know it. You just it, either but... know it or you don't. 
Man, Which that okay, in so itself, I think, is a yeah. clue. I'm just, so I'm just going to go through. Let's go through some AFC quarterbacks. Nobody in the eh, – maybe Ben Roethlisberger have done it. Um, AFC East, there's no quarterbacks that were around that long ago. AFC South, um, nah, probably not any quarterbacks there. AFC West, no. You know, Ben, no I'm going to give you another clue just so we what? can speed the process up. The way you're uh, doing it, you are not going to get the quarterback. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, <clears throat> what, I, so I can't go through the teams? I'm just going through the teams here. I, I mean, you can, just like the way that you're processing it, you're not. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking, okay? You're welcome to continue. You're welcome to continue. It's it's your time to shine. I know. I'm just. I'm, you're I'm not going to get I'm taking... it at the current pace. Well, now you're making me feel like it's, this is really, really hard. They're still in the league. Okay. Well, I, I, can't, I feel like it can't be that hard. Think about it. There's a lot of quarterbacks that have not been in the league that long. I just got to think of the older quarterbacks. Um, yeah. Has Matt Ryan done it? Matt Ryan, I feel like, isn't a terrible guess. Um, Man. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of taking too long, and you're right. I either know it or I don't, and I don't know it. Uh, I'm so upset because it's probably somebody I haven't even named yet that I'm going to totally forget. But I'm just going to go with – you know what? We'll do it. Let's go with Matt Ryan. He had some good seasons. He had some great offenses. We'll go Matt Ryan. That's my final guess. I think Matt Ryan's an amazing guess. However, it is not correct. Okay. Trevor, it is to you now for half a point. Who is the only current quarterback that has thrown seven touchdowns in a single game? Okay. Only current quarterback that has thrown seven touchdowns in a game. And you you essentially confirmed that Peyton Manning did it. Well, you guys both confirmed that Peyton Manning did it against the Ravens, which I believe yes. was the 2013 MVP season when he did it. Yes. Um, now... <laughs> seven touchdowns so the obvious like obviously the first place your mind goes is to tom brady right um now did he have seven so when they played the i remember there was a game they played the bills and they absolutely demolished the bills i think this was i don't know it, it was when they still had Randy moss i don't know if it was the 07 season it might have been a couple years after um, or maybe it was those seven season, but they scored like fifty nine points, so that could have been seven touchdowns. Now, I I don't know if it was necessarily, um, but you're looking at you're looking at high powered offenses, and when you think about like this is still a current a current quarterback who has done this, um, I don't know it it, it I think kind of narrows it down a little bit. I mean. I can go through the process now. So, like, Brady, obviously, he could have had seven touchdowns. I I should know this, to be honest. I should know that if it was Brady, I feel like I would know it, but I don't know. And also, would you be asking the question if it was Tom Brady? I always got to think about that. Is that an, an obvious answer? Is that too obvious? I don't know. But could it have been Brady? I don't know. Mahomes, it's possible. Certainly possible. I mean, I remember that Rams game where they but I think that was I think that was like 55-52 in 2018 that Rams game when it was him versus Goff. So, I mean that that could possibly be seven touchdowns, seven touchdowns, 49 points. So, it could be Mahomes. It could I don't think it'd be Goff, right? That would be that would be just ridiculous. Wait, wait hold on. Didn't Brandon say that he did it the same year as Peyton Manning? This person did, did, he did say, say that? that? Oh, you did I'm say I'm helping that. you out, Trevor. I'm helping oh, you out, but shoot. Okay. I also have another. I have another guess that I want to say that won't count. Okay. I okay. Somebody that I think. So, is a good guess. 
Not not great listening on my part. Okay, so it happened in 2013 then. Okay. So it happened in 2013. So it's got to be all So that's the thing. Like, there's not a huge list of quarterbacks to pick from when you. So it happened in 2013. Them. Yeah. So it happened in 2013. It's either Brady, it's Stafford, it's Aaron Rodgers, it's Matt Ryan, it's Ben Roethlisberger, um, Russell Wilson. Those are, I mean, those are pretty much the guys. I might have missed like one or two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but those are pretty much the guys. Okay. All right, Trevor, I'm giving you 30 seconds here. Seven touchdowns in 2013. I don't think. Let's see, Brady. I don't think that was like a like a that was an, a d good year for Brady, but I don't think it was like an amazing year for Brady. Like, like I told Ben, it's gonna be one of those questions you either know or don't know. Okay, seven. Like I don't think I don't I don't think figuring out is gonna be the the move. Okay. I mean, maybe do your process. You got like 20 more seconds. You know what? Uh, would you ask me if a question if it was Ben Roethlisberger? I don't know. It might be him. It really might be. Okay, I'm. Uh, yeah, this is this is very difficult. All right, I'm just gonna give a guess because I I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, I'm gonna say it is Ben Roethlisberger. I'm gonna say it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say it's Ben Roethlisberger. My ben guess that doesn't count is Stafford. What'd you say, Ben? My guess that doesn't count as Stafford. It might be Stafford. Ben Roethlisberger is incorrect, and Stafford is also incorrect. The correct oh, answer, okay. and this is why Ben, I said there's no way if you go through the teams you'll get it. Is Nick Foles? Oh my God! Oh, you that? That's so. Of annoying. course, he did of it in course. 2013 for the Eagles. He scored seven touchdowns. The most recent player uh, to score even close to that was Mahomes with six against the Rams. Trevor, so yeah. you actually you came up with a, a good answer, even though uh, it was not yeah, the correct one. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the, that's that's annoying. And honestly, I, did, I didn't even know Nick Foles was around that long. That's why I probably would, I would have never got. You, get, you guys get what I mean, though. We're like you don't think of Nick Foles. <laughs> It's you one of those things where if you tough. knew the answer, you would get it. But if you didn't know it, there's no way you'd ever get it. That's annoying. You should have established uh, that they are still a starting quarterback. But they, there's no starting quarterbacks that have seven touchdowns. That was it? a difficult question. I know. That's why it's, let, an, it's annoying. Qu- whatever. I, I said it was a difficult question. If you knew it, you would have gotten it. Okay. Um, ben, it is now your turn to ask a question to Trevor. All right. My question is also really hard, so I apologize, Trevor. Um, you had two hard questions here. But, Trevor, my question for you. Who is the most recent NFL quarterback to win their very first game as a starting quarterback in the NFL? Okay. Okay. So when is the last time that a starting quarterback in the NFL won their very first game in the NFL? Meaning they started the first game of the year and won. When's the last – who was the last person to do that? Okay. The last – the last time – one, you're saying. Yes, the the last NFL quarterback to – Win a game as a starting quarterback one. week one of their very first year. Oh, doesn't happen very often. Because okay. usually you're going okay. to a, a, a terrible team. So their their first win in general, right? So this is like yes, their first win their of their first, career was their, their first, first game of their career. Okay. Yes. Okay. Their first. So you got to think of quarterbacks the quarterbacks that la- started last from week one. Yeah. When, who's the who's okay. the last person to do it? The last time it happened, and it was week one. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so I know Mac Jones didn't do it, obviously. Um, I know that, well, it didn't happen at all this season because Lawrence certainly didn't do it. Um, yeah, it, did, it didn't happen this season. Wait, why am I giving Brandon a hint? I don't know why I'm doing that. Um, thank you for that because my guess anyway. was going to be Trevor Lawrence, so. Dude, they started like 0-7 right now. Yeah, I don't think it's Trevor Lawrence. Um, or, not Trevor Lawrence, excuse me, not Trevor Lawrence, uh, Mac Jones. It's going to be Mac Jones. Yeah, well, 
you're, you're welcome because they lost to the Dolphins in the first game of the year. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's no one from it's no it's not a rookie. Um, let's see, who could that quarterback be that won in their first start? Again, I can't can't get Brandon too much here. Um, but I, I don't know this. You know, it's going to be a guess. So the last time this happened. Um, man, the last time this happened. You wouldn't ask me if the question if it was a certain person that I was thinking of. Um, I don't think. Uh, let's see. First start. First start. Maybe. Can't, get, can't, can't name players. Can't give hints. All right. I, I got to give a guess here. I'm going to say last last time this happened in their first start week one. Did this guy even start in his first game? I don't know. I'm kind of hoping Trevor does guess this is. I actually have no guess. Like this is this is very difficult. Then it's a great question. No. Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, I got to go with. Let's see, first start. Oh man, their first start in week one. Who could it have been? I don't know. I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna give a guess. I'm gonna say it's Kyler Murray, but I have no idea to be honest with you. I'm gonna say it's Kyler Murray. A good guess, Trevor. It is not Kyler Murray. That is a good guess, but it is not Kyler Murray. Brandon, you have a chance to steal for half a point. I will go with. I'll go with Ben Roethlisberger. It's my guess. I, I I have no clue even if he started his first game. He probably did Brandon, do it. Go on. Brandon, you're way going back. old school. <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger. Brandon, you are also incorrect. Mm. You are also incorrect. The last time that a starting quarterback has started week one and won the game of their very first year, Brandon, you got to go further back than Ben Roethlisberger. It's David Carr, not Derek Carr. David Carr in 2002. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. Oh my that gosh. is a crazy stat to think about. Think about yeah, it. Yeah, that is. What a question. And now, I'm not even upset when, that was hard. <laughs> when when you think about it, it's like well, the you know typically the guys that are going to be starting week one of their first year they're going to a terrible team so they typically right. don't win. Look look at Trevor Lawrence this year. Mac Jones probably should have won week one, but he didn't against the uh, Dolphins or yeah. whatever. Um, so yeah, you got to go all the way back twenty years almost um, wow. to see the last time that you know a, a rookie NFL quarterback won the very first game of that season. It's crazy, wow, crazy, crazy stats to think about. Yeah, that's really crazy. Okay, well let's uh, let's move on, Trevor. It is now time to ask me a question. All right, th- those are both pretty hard questions. I have another difficult question. Um, now I'm not gonna be. Now I'm actually gonna give you guys a hint because I'm nice here. Okay. Um, I I'm gave the, like three hints. I think I'm the. <laughs> I don't think your hints helped. I don't know. <laughs> no, you did give a couple of hints, but I'm, I'm gonna give a hint. Um, here's my question for you, Brandon. Who is the only player in NFL history to score a touchdown against all 32 teams? Now my hint is this player, this per, yeah, this player uh, was a wide receiver. That's my hint. Only player in NFL history to score a touchdown against all thirty-two teams. Interesting. Um, I think I, I think I know the answer, and I, I was actually gonna say originally Tom Brady, but when you said receiver, I actually think I know who it was. Because this player had a long career. I believe it's T.O. I think it's Terrell Owens. He had a long career on a lot of different teams. And I think I've seen this on Twitter. So thank you again for Twitter 
for potentially helping me out with the question. I will say Terrell Owens is my final answer. I'm fairly confident I've seen this one before. Well, you know, Twitter just ruins everything because Terrell Owens <laughs> is the correct answer. Um, so annoying. That's, that's no fun. But uh, yeah, you're right, Brandon. It's yeah, it's To. Some people would say my hours of surfing Twitter every single day provides no value to me. I would disagree. We're just gonna start what doing like. Question? If I have a question to ask you, I'm just gonna I'm gonna search it on Twitter first. And if I find it on Twitter after 30 minutes of looking, then I'm not gonna ask it to you. <laughs> so you're gonna take 30 minutes to think of your questions, Benny? Yeah, because I care that much about beating you in this trivia. Well, you're oh. not even gonna get a chance for half a point here. Um, but let's yeah, let's whatever. continue with some NFL. Uh, discussion NFL topics um, and we will go to our NFL topics uh, for the day um, let's start off with uh, Vic Fangio 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 who cares he's not a head coach Fangio. anymore Fangio thank you Ben uh, who is fired as the Broncos coach I think this is one of the most desirable positions in football I genuinely believe this they don't really have a quarterback but the Broncos are set everywhere else everywhere else uh, they got great receivers, great tight end, Noah Fant. Uh, Williams, the running back from North Carolina, is excellent. They have a great defense. Uh, really, really desirable position, especially if they can get a quarterback. This is a place that I think someone like uh, Baker Mayfield uh, or Gardner Minshew could do really well in, uh, if that is where they were to go. I mean, it seems like Baker's going to stay. But this is a very desirable position as a head coach. Um, and it's definitely somewhere that I would want to be. Ben, what are your thoughts on this uh, this firing and now the opening for the Broncos? Yeah, so I mean, he has he really hasn't been around that long in terms of the uh, three the seasons. Broncos three seasons. And I mean, as as I guess as a Bengals fan, like that's nothing for me because you know Bengals will keep a head coach for thirty years even though if they suck. Um, but yeah, it, again, like he had a talented team, and yeah, missing that you know the most important position in a quarterback. But you're right. I mean, they they have talent all over. Their their defense is phenomenal. Their front seven and their defense is phenomenal. Their DBs are phenomenal. They have a great defense, uh, one of the best in the NFL when healthy. Um, but yeah, then moving on, and I mean, all the you know all quote unquote experts were saying that it'd probably be fifty fifty if they move on or not. The organization like the Broncos don't strike me as an organization that's cool with being mediocre for the last five, six years. So it doesn't really surprise me because, you know, they're a winning organization. <laughs> they have, they're well ran and, and they want to win now. Um, so again, it doesn't surprise me. And yeah, like you said, I agree with you, Brandon. I, I think it's a desirable position for any head coach um, for everything that you just said. And then I just said it, it, they have talent. Yes, they need to draft obviously some key, some key positions, but they have talent. And they have an organization that has shown that they can win and that they're willing to win. So um, they will they will get a, a, a you know a, a good list of candidates to interview, and I I feel good that they will they will hire somebody that that can put them in a position to win, even in a tough division like the AFC West. Yeah, uh, it's a very very desirable position in my opinion. I, I would be so interested to see who they hire. They should hire a coach with a lot of experience because this team could use it. Uh, Trevor, let's let's move to our next topic here. Uh, coach of the year talk. We talked a little bit before the podcast. Uh, in my opinion, there's only one coach who's deserving of this award. Um, but why don't you give your thoughts on some of the uh, coaches that you think should win it or will win it? Yeah, so I don't have, I don't really have like a hard stance on who should win it. I think there's, you know, at least three or four guys that are deserving. Uh, the Vegas insider odds that I'm reading here have Zach Taylor at plus 175, Matt LaFleur at plus 195, Rabel plus 240, 
and then Belichick at plus 4,000 and Nick Sirianni, uh, the Eagles coach, at plus 4,000. So really, uh, according to Vegas at least, it's a three-coach uh, race between Zach Taylor, Matt LaFleur, and Mike Vrabel. I think all three of those guys are pretty deserving. Um, it's a little bit more difficult maybe to make a coach or make a case for LaFleur because he has Aaron Rodgers, who is, uh, in my opinion, the MVP and the best player in football right now. Um, I think Vrabel and Zach Taylor are probably my top two. And I think it's it's really close because I think that Zach Taylor, obviously, yes, in terms of just win-loss last year to win-loss this year, it's the biggest difference. You go from the worst team in the AFC North to the best. You know, that's that's pretty impressive. Now, what I would say is that Joe Burrow missed, you know, what was it, Ben, like six games last year, seven games yeah, six last games, year? Six and, or five and a half, six games. Which could have swung, you know, they were four and twelve last year. They could have been seven and nine or eight and eight if he played in, you know, all those games, like maybe. Um, which then it wouldn't be as big of a difference necessarily. Um, I mean Joe Burrow's had an incredible season. I don't wanna I don't wanna take away from, I don't wanna take away from Zach Taylor. He's still a contender. Uh, but I just think like having Joe Burrow, one of the best quarterbacks in football, having, you know, adding Jamar Chase, this really good receiving core that they have, this high powered offense now. Yes, he get he definitely deserves some credit, but also he has some talent. So I think it's kind of uh, I don't know. I think in a way the pieces kind of came together, and obviously you know uh, he's still very important. I think Vrabel, you know, with the Tennessee, yes, they had you know kind of the same record as last year, but this team has been without Derrick Henry for about ten ten ish weeks now. They've had a lot of injuries. You know, the receiving core AJ Brown, um, and you know some of the other guys that have been injured on the defense as well. Um, so I think there's also a really good case for him. I, again, I don't have a hard stance on it. I think they're both pretty deserving. Um, I'm a little surprised that John Harbaugh is nowhere in these odds. Um, I, I don't see him anywhere. I think he should at least be – I think he's top five. I think John Harbaugh, the job he has done with the Ravens, is, is incredible. I mean, to me – and, Brandon, you'll love hearing this, but I think John Harbaugh has been one of the best coaches in the NFL for, I don't know, eight, eight ten, however long he's been coaching for the Ravens. He's been an incredible coach. Um and then I think Belichick, he's he's up there, but maybe I'd have him third or fourth, um, you know, outside of Rabel and Zach Taylor. But Brandon, I know you have pretty strong opinion on this. So, what are your thoughts? I I absolutely love John Harbaugh. I remember a couple years ago when the Ravens were terrible, and everyone's like, "Is John Harbaugh going to be fired?" And there was whispers about him being fired. And the Ravens came out and said, "You were all stupid. We are never letting go of John Harbaugh." Um, which was the correct answer. John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the NFL. I absolutely love him. If they ever were to fire him, I would riot. And you know what? I'm also going to riot, okay? If Zach Taylor doesn't win the Coach of the Year award, it is ridiculous to me that anyone else is in conversation. This award isn't who wins the most games, okay? I don't. Matt Lafleur should not win this award. He didn't do anything spectacular this year. They were projected to do well. Same thing with the Titans. They were projected to do well. Yeah, they lost Henry, but Vrabel's not a great coach. In fact, last year, they lost many games because of him. This year, you look at Zach Taylor. The, the, the Bengals won, what did you say last year, Ben? They won four games, five games? Four games. And they won the division this year. They are, they're at 10 games. They might win an 11th. And if they somehow win this game, it'll be without Joe Burrow uh, and T. Higgins. Uh, I don't know if Mixon is playing either, Ben. You know, Mixon's He's not. Playing. He tested positive. He's not playing. So Mixon, Mixon's not playing. If they somehow pull out this game... Uh, against a lackluster Browns team with all that out their players. I mean, Zach Taylor deserves the award. That's ultimately what it is. He bought a team that won four games. They won 10 this year. They won their division. They're going to be a, a top four seed in the AFC. Um, and they're going to be great for years to come. Zach Taylor did a wonderful job in his third year. 
Uh, great rebuilding. I mean, it's not just him, of course. Burrow has been amazing. The GM did a good job drafting some of these guys. Uh, the defense, there's been a lot of great pickups that they had. They have a guy who has like 11 sacks, right, Ben? That Henderson? Yes. 14. Yeah. Nice try, though. 14. Yeah, even better. Something like that. The yeah, Bengals like are that. a really great football team. Zach Taylor deserves this award. Uh, you'd agree, Ben? Yeah, it, it just depends. It depends on what the whoever votes for this values, because there's different things you value. If you're like, if you're looking at that, yeah, and, and I kind of agree with you, Brandon. Like when I'm looking at a coach of the year or something like that, I'm looking at a coach who took a team that wasn't supposed to be good and, and exceeded expectations. And the, and the Bengals have exceeded expectations more than any team um, in right. the NFL this year. Um, but I mean, there's going to be plenty of people that don't vote for him because they're going to say, well, he's not a good coach. And I'm not saying he's a great coach. There's been there. I mean, there's I can think of. At least one game this year where he cost them the game. The game against the 49ers, he cost them that game. The first game of the year against the Vikings, he almost cost them that game. Um, I'm not saying he's a fantastic coach, but if you're looking at a coach who's won 16 games in his career in three years and 10 of those are this year, clearly he did something right this year. And yes, you could argue, oh, well, he didn't do anything. He's got Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Well, Brandon made a good point before we started recording. Somebody's got to coach them. I mean, if he's going to get blamed for, for the losses, then he might as well get at least some credit for the wins. Um, so also the direct coaching stat is wins. That's I agree. I mean, th- th- there's nothing else you can really measure with with coaching, right? I mean, and, and ben, we've you get judged about, by wins. We've talked about how it's stupid that quarterbacks like it's somehow winning is a quarterback. Stat, yes. You know. Yeah. I mean, obviously they yeah, affect the wins. So it's meaningful in some pattern, but it shouldn't be like, oh, this quarterback is worse because they have less wins. I mean, it's like a direct coaching stat, you know? Yeah, and because and, think about it, quarterbacks are only a field for half the game. Coach has, has a say in pretty much every aspect of that team, right? Even down to who exactly. they might draft, who they're playing, who their coordinators are. I mean, they have a say in all that. So I agree. I think it should be Zach Taylor. Do I think it will be Zach Taylor? Eh, I don't know. We'll see. I think there's an ar- you can you could have an argument for, for Vrabel or for... LaFleur, Le- and honestly, I think the argument for LaFleur will be, oh, well, he had to deal with Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, and what he he got Aaron Rodgers to buy in on the Packers, whatever. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I have no idea. I just think I think Zach Taylor, I agree with you, Brandon, I look at it the same way as he exceeded expectations more than anyone else. He deserves to win the award. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Um, but I'm happy with him being in the conversation. It's a cool thing. All right. Well, we'll quickly go over this next subject, talk about the Chargers and Raiders, because they have an interesting position. Uh, they could technically tie... And both of them would make the playoffs. Uh, Trevor, what do you think about this? This is very interesting. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's it's cool to hear people talk about this uh, for sure. But I, I think the Chargers are the better team, and I expect them to win the night. I mean, uh, you know, you look at the Chargers, and, like, yes, they've been inconsistent this season, but it, it seems like they finally are, you know, as healthy as they may be. Um, you know, have been this entire season. I mean, they have Eckler back. They have, you know, some of their key defensive players back. Uh, you know, so I, I expect the Chargers to win this game. Um, it's actually my game score prediction, so, you know, we can we can get to that when we get there. Uh, but I, I think the Chargers are going to win. Um, I expect them to be uh, in the playoffs, and I, I kind of hope they are because I want to see that Chiefs-Chargers rematch, to be honest with you. I want to see that game again. Yeah, I, I also think the Chargers will win. I don't think it'll end in a tie. Uh, that will be interesting if that is the case, though, uh, but pretty unlikely. Uh, let's move on here, Trevor. Uh, I'm going to have you give some of your top teams here that are going to make the playoffs who you think has you know a real shot here to win, and Ben and I will critique it a little bit. Okay, so I, I ranked the top 14. Now, I did this based on, first, I went to ESPN uh, NFL Playoff Machine, and I predicted the winner of every game. So essentially, the the way I predicted it, obviously some of the biggest games today, like that Colts-Jaguars game, I think 
pretty much everyone expects the Colts to win. I expect the Colts mm-hmm. to win. I also expect the Chargers to win. So that kind of sets up the AFC. Um, and basically, if all all goes to how I think it will be, the Titans will have the bye. Uh, we'll have the Chiefs against the Chargers in the 2-7. We'll have the Bills and Colts in the 3-6, and the Bengals and Patriots in the 4-5. Um, now in the NFC... Uh, This one's a little bit more unpredictable in my opinion because there are uh, more games that I think are – it's kind of tough to to know exactly who's going to win. Like the Rams and the 49ers being the first one, Jimmy Garoppolo is supposed to play today it seems like. Um, But I kind of still think the Rams are going to win this game. Um, You know, they are playing for seeding. I think that they will probably have the edge on the Niners team. I think they're better than the Niners. So I expect the Rams to win that game. And then the other game – uh, that, that would matter would be the Saints and the Falcons because if the Saints win and the Niners lose, the Saints make the playoffs. However, I don't think the Saints are going to win. I think the Falcons are going to win. I, I believe Taysom Hill is still the starting quarterback. I would give the Falcons the edge in that one, which means that in the NFC, the Packers would be the team with the bye, the one seed. Uh, I would have the Rams playing the Eagles in the 2-7, the Bucks playing the Niners in the 3-6, and the Cowboys playing the Cardinals in the 4-5. Now, as far as rankings, um, I'm just going to give my uh, for, I'm, I'm just going to give my top 5. And I'll and and I want to hear your guys' thoughts. So, here's my top 5. I have the Packers at number 1. This is just mm-hmm. in terms of who are the best teams right now. The Packers right. I have at 1, I have the Chiefs at number 2, I have the Bills at 3, the Rams at 4, and I have the Bucks at 5. Ooh. Sorry. I actually really don't like this top 5. I thought okay. I'd like it more. I, I think the Packers are one. I really do. Uh, ben, you go to Packers at one? Yes, I would put Packers at one. I agree. I would put I the no Bucks at two. The Bucks the past couple games uh, haven't had a lot of weapons, know. and they get almost all of them back except Godwin. Pretty much everyone back. Well, I and some guy named Antonio eight. Brown, but I mean, whatever. No Antonio Brown. Is Evans, like, Evans' health is a little bit of a question Evans here. Evans is healthy. Antonio uh, Brown doesn't mm. matter. And Godwin matters a lot. Godwin matters a lot. I, I'd put the Bucks at two. I think the okay. Chiefs at three is a good take. Or I think you had Chiefs at three. I had Chiefs at two. Chiefs at two. Oh, Chiefs at two. I'd probably put the Chiefs at, at, at three. Um, And who, who else do who else you had? The Bills in there? And I had the Bills Rams? at three the and Rams. Rams at four. I think the Rams are good, but they have not been good as of late at all. Uh, if Stafford picks his stuff up, they're top five. For now... Especially since Derrick Henry's coming back, I gotta put I think the Titans in the top five, and I also would put the Cowboys up there before the Bills. The Bills would probably be six. I'd probably with Derrick Henry, I'd put the Titans at four, Cowboys at five. But okay. What do you think? Well, so yeah, Trevor, my biggest issue was, was that you 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 left out the best team in the AFC out of your top five in, in the Titans. Uh, well, you know, re, you know, theoretically, technically the best team in terms of seating. <laughs> Uh, I agree. I think the Chiefs are better, but I just want to know what's your reasoning because I I have not been high on the Titans at all this year. But I would put them in my top five. What what do you what is your reasoning for not putting the Titans okay, in there? You, is it just the fact you that you think the other teams are better? So I would put them in my if, top five. Yes, maybe at like five, but oh, I, I I I can't believe that you left them out of your top five. I'm just I'm just interested at your thought process. Not to put you on the spot. I'm just curious. Yeah. So I'm just doing this based on the best teams. Now of the thing is the Titans. It. Now the thing is the Titans are probably going to have the one seed. Which, if, if, so we could change this rankings. It could be best teams or it can be best chance to win the Super Bowl because I think those are two different things. Because the Titans have the bye, which I yeah. think is pretty important yes. for them. I mean, they're going to have a week off, an extra week to rest. 
Um, that's obviously that's good for them because they have been one of these teams that's had a decent amount of injuries. It seems like now they might be back at pretty much full, close to full strength. No one's at full strength, uh, you know, in the NFL, but like close to full strength at least. It seems like they're gonna have Henry back. Um, but I, I just look at the matchups. I look at them versus the Chiefs, them versus the Bills. Yes, they can if they have Henry back. Um, they can run the ball, control the clock. They do have a pretty good defense. Um, but then, like, Tannehill hasn't been playing all that well this year. Now, part of that's because of the receiver injuries. But I look at it, and I look at the quarterback matchup, Tannehill versus Mahomes, yeah. Tannehill versus Josh Allen. It's pretty obvious, you know, that the Chiefs and Bills have the better quarterback. Um, and I also just think that uh, the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs are really, I think they're playing well in general. Yes, they lost to the Bengals. But I still think... The Chiefs, with the playoff experience they have with Mahomes and and Kelsey and uh, obviously Tyree Kill, I think they would have the edge over the Titans when you have a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. I mean, <clears throat> just looking at last year, like the four teams that made the conference championship, those were like four of the top six quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, it was it was Brady, Rogers, Allen, and Mahomes. Those are four, those were four of the best five or six last year, and I think quarterbacks are increasingly I mean they're already super valuable I think they're becoming even more valuable and I I just Tannehill hasn't I I just don't like what I've seen from Tannehill this year so it's really um, I think a hesitancy there with uh, Ryan Tannehill is is probably the biggest thing uh, with my Mm -hmm. hesitancy with the Titans interesting Ben anything else you'd like to add before we kind of get to our schedule or not our schedule excuse our game prediction here no, I just think, like, when I look at it, like, I think the Packers are one, and I think the Chiefs are two in terms of best teams in their respective conferences. Um, but yeah. I really think when you get to, like, three through six or three through seven, I'd be okay with any order there. I really do. I, I think yeah. they're all kind of in the same in the same tier in terms of the Rams, yeah. uh, you know, the Bills, the Bucks, the Cowboys, maybe even throw the Cardinals in there. I think they're all kind of very similar. Um, so it, it's interesting, and, like, and we'll talk about it more, but... It leads for a very, very interesting playoff playoffs this year because there's a lot of teams that I think are very similar that, that really can beat anybody on any given day. So I'm, I'm super excited I agree. for what, what's to come. These playoffs are going to be just absolutely great. There's so many good teams, and none of them I think are clearly the best. So we're, we're going to have, yeah. I think, a really good uh, playoffs uh, and, here in the NFL. Yeah, and, um, and matchups too. Like matchups, who, mm-hmm. who the teams play. Like that's super important. Like the last time the Colts played the Bills, the Colts beat the Bills. Maybe they could beat the Bills again, but... In general, I still think the Bills have been playing really well lately. So I, matchups is another big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, time to finish the pod up today with our NFL predictions. This will be the last one. It's the last week, and actually only Ben and I are going to be doing it. We are tied at five apiece um, in our prediction here. Um, and we will see who's going to win our, our little uh, competition here. Uh, ben, what game did you predict this week? Yeah, so I picked the Vikings-Bears, and this game doesn't matter. They're both out of the playoffs. So I was like, I don't know, why not? It's kind of a you know a four-point spread. Vikings are the favorite. So I figured, why not? Let's pick it. Um, dude, I'm having second thought, second guesses, Brandon. I know it's not good to second guess yourself, but you know what? I'm going to my, I'll stick with my gut. I, I'm going to pick the Vikings by four. The spread is four. I think it's going to be exactly that. I'll, I'll pick the Vikings by four. Close game. Bears like to, like to try to ruin their draft pick because now they're playing kind of well at the end of the year. Um, but I think the Vikings will win. They're at home, last game of the year. They still have more talent than the Bears do. I'll take the Vikings by four. So I'm I'm actually going to take a riskier game here, Benny. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to go a game that doesn't matter at all. 
the Washington football team against the New York Giants. I'm going to take the Washington football team by 10 points. I just think the Giants are terrible, and the Washington they football are. team will take this one even on the road. Uh, so Washington football team by 10, and hopefully I win our little challenge. So you but, don't have faith in Jake Fromm as the Giants quarterback? Dude, come on. No, I do not. He stinks. But yeah. I think we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate all the support on the podcast. Of course, follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller, or click the link in the description so you keep up to date when all of our podcasts go live. Uh, subscribe and leave that five-star review if you enjoy the podcast today. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!